Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host, Dustin, doing a pod for Mavs Free Agency plus NBA Free Agency. But obviously we'll um, start with the, the Mavericks and then we'll move on to the other teams and talk about what the other teams have done and how it sort of reshapes the, you know, the hierarchy you could say in the western and eastern conferences so but first we will start with the maths so Jalen Brunson did leave Dallas for the New York Knicks and that sort of that basically left an open roster spot for Dallas uh, another one um so Ultimately, they started free agency with four open roster spots, and the Mavericks signed JaVel McGee, who was a guy that I actually wanted them to get prior to the Christian Wood trade because I thought, um, you know, I thought the Christian Wood trade really went a long ways into filling that five spot, and I thought maybe they could get a a lower priced big to sort of. Um, fill that backup role, but we'll get into that here in a minute. But they signed JaVale McGee. They did sign uh, Theo Pinson. And I, I think they're going to give uh, Jalen Hardy. I get his name wrong, and I'm sorry, but I think they are going to get Hardy. I think he is going to get that other roster spot um, that they have. And then they do have an open one. Uh, I, I thought for sure this was going to be the season that they signed Dragic. They acted like that it was a done deal. It was a foregone conclusion. And it just didn't happen. He actually went to the Bulls. So the Mavericks do have an open roster spot. Now, I do like the addition of JaVale McGee. Obviously, I thought Dallas needed a real center who could play real center basketball, who could defend the rim, who could defend the center position, who could rebound the ball. And to me, even if you, even without Christian Wood, adding JaVale McGee would have made this team just significantly better, just based on the fact they would have a guy who could rebound the ball and block a shot and defend the five position and they just didn't have that i i love maxi but i just don't think maxi's a center i I think he's a stretch five he's a he's a um he's like a backup five uh a guy who you could start at the four but he could play a small ball five and i i just thought they needed a center and i thought mcgee was perfect um christian wood apparently the way I guess it was sold to McGee to come to Dallas was that he was actually going to start at center, which would put Wood at the four. And he's, I guess, expressed um, interest in that. Uh, he'll get to play the, the four position as opposed to the five, which I think will be beneficial when it comes to when it comes to playing teams like, let's say, the Lakers, for instance. You, you know, they... The Lakers will a lot of times start two bigs. They'll start like, um, I guess they were, I don't know if they were starting Dwight Howard, but they were starting like DeAndre Jordan and Anthony Davis, right? Or um, 
I, I think they were. I don't remember if they were starting Howard and then having Davis. But anyhow, they'd have Davis play in the four and not the five. If you have a guy like Christian Wood play in the four, he can guard the bigger the bigger wings. I, I don't think he's slow-footed foot speed-wise. I think he'll be fine. Like You could put him on Kawhi Leonard if he had to play Kawhi Leonard. Obviously, you're not going to stop Kawhi Leonard. He's a great player, but... A bigger, a longer guy on Kawhi might actually do something different as that it might offer something different that the Mavs have never been able to offer, right? They they've never had a guy like Christian Wood on their team. Other than obviously Porzingis, but I think Wood is probably a little more athletic than Porzingis. So um they're to me they're defensively very similar. They're not guys who are going to shut down anybody, but they can block a shot if they need to. You know, sort of an off the ball type shot blocker because they are long. Now Christian Wood can actually dribble the ball. I think he can dribble the ball better than Porzingis, and I think it's because he's not actually as tall as Porzingis. I think he's about two inches shorter, and I think that's a big deal when it comes to dribbling the ball because it, it's a lot like Kevin Durant. When Kevin Durant's seven feet tall and he can dribble the ball, right? But you get Porzingis, for whatever reason, those two inches, they, it just makes it so awkward the way Porzingis dribbles the basketball. But, you know, Christian Wood can actually dribble the basketball. And I feel like with Jalen Brunson gone, it's going to give more opportunity for Wood to score the basketball, be a bigger part of the offense. I could imagine, just off the top of my head, their starting lineup being Luka, Dorian, Bullock, Wood, and McGee. Um, you know, having, uh, as for now, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, and we'll get to that here in a sec, but for now, that would be what I would start, I, I guess, is what they would do, because you have your two wing defenders that you like in Bullock and Dorian, and then you have your two bigger guys in Wood and McGee, and your shortest guy on the court would probably be Dorian at like, what is he, like six 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 seven? so... That would be a funny. That would be a fun lineup to see. I, I'd, I'd be really interested in seeing that lineup. And then you could have like Dinwiddie and Hardaway, and uh, you know Bertans, Maxi. If you want to, you know Dwight Powell is still part of the team. Jay, Josh Green, those guys coming off the bench. And I think having Dinwiddie and Hardaway is enough offense to do what they need to do coming off the bench. I I I do think even though Brunson left. I do still think they're good enough to get back to where they were. I th I think they would have been better than, you know, I don't know how much better because if Brunson's still there, you probably have a lesser role for guys like Dinwiddie and Wood when it comes to, you know, the because I, I feel like with Brunson gone, Wood and Dinwiddie are going to be the biggest recipients of that offense. And Hardaway is a guy that they didn't get to, you know, see at the second half last year who's going to be able to, you know, get him some points off the bench. So I do think they will be just as good as they were last year. If not, I think they're better than they were last year because they actually have a, a, a center, right? They have a guy they can put in the middle, and that's a big deal. They just did not have that, and they actually have that now. So I think they're better than they were last year, and – because of some of the offseason moves that have happened, I, I do think they can get back to the Western Conference Finals. I don't think it's gotten to a point where the other teams have gotten so good that they won't be able to do that. You know, one of the 
the team they played last year, the team that won the title, Golden State, um, you know, Otto Porter went to Toronto. I think that's what it was. Gary Payton went to Portland. They did bring back Looney, which is they, they needed to. They needed that big because you just don't know what you're going to get from Wiseman at this point. And they were able to um, get DiVincenzo, which it's a good get for them considering – the guys they lost because I think they lost that Toscano Anderson to the Lakers and um, Lee that Damian Lee he went somewhere else um, I actually I have a um, a little chart that sort of it's like a cheat sheet chart that chart that someone's put together but that um, Damian Lee that they had he went to uh, uh, let's see. I had it here. He went to, and I, I lost it. I can't believe I lost it. But anyhow, he's not on their team anymore. Um, like I said, he was. Uh, he's married to, or Steph. I think Steph Curry's married to his sister. I think that's because he was the brother-in-law. So he's not on their team anymore either. And so they lost him, and. You know, like I said, I, I do think DiVincenzo was a good get for them. And he, he's somebody that will help fill a, a particular role. But I do think losing I do think losing Gary Payton was big. And I think losing Otto Porter was big. I, I think they're going to keep – I think they're going to try and re-sign um, Bielitsa. But other than that, I, I just don't think – you know, when I look at uh, – Damian Lee went to the Suns. There we go. When I, you know, when I look at their team, I, I don't look at Golden State and say they're better than they were last year. The only thing they can, you know, kind of hope for is improvement from their young guys. Obviously, hopefully, getting something out of Wiseman, getting more out of Kaminga, getting more out of Moody. Um, you know, you have those guys that you drafted, and if you held on to them, you might as well develop them. Right? They're going to be part of your future. And then, you know, Clay being a year removed from his injury you know getting a getting most of the year he got i think he started in january so he did get most of the year and it takes that full i mean it takes that first year to get over you know those injuries he have so he'll come into a you know he'll come into next season you know healthy he, he's not coming off an injury so that's that's major for a guy like Clay thompson because I'm, I'm i've always been huge on Clay thompson i've always thought he was underrated his greatest he still gets talked about. I still think he's underrated. So, But I do think Dallas can compete with that team. I really do. I, I think even though they're, they added two and lost one, I think the two that they added were more important than the one they lost, mostly because the two that they added have different skill set. And I felt that the skill set that Brunson had was something that could be filled with um, – sort of what they had on their team so it, it does it is tough losing a guy who can handle the ball but i i do wonder if there is one more thing they're they're trying to do and obviously the name that's that's still out there that you know people are you know have their eye on right now is colin sexton so right now you know cleveland gave uh garland the mac uh, max extension right so they're playing Garland a lot of money. They're paying uh, 
Jared Allen a lot of money. They're paying Markin a lot of money. Here in a few years, I know Mobley's only a rookie, so he's still got a few years before he's maxed out. But Mobley's a guy you max out. You don't you don't move on a guy like Mobley. Mobley's a Mobley's a corner, cornerstone player. So Sexton's sort of the odd man out. And Cleveland not only re-signed Ricky Rubio, but they signed that Neto guy from the Wizards. And they drafted a point guard who is an older player. Like he's, I think he's like a 24-year-old guy coming out of college. So I, I think Cleveland, I mean, the, the signs are there that they are moving on from Colin Sexton. Now, there's going to be other teams, obviously, with their eye on him. And it, the, the situation sort of reminds me of Larry Marketing last year with the Bulls. You know, the Marketing situation sort of dragged out for a few weeks, and then he was eventually traded to Cleveland. So I do believe Dallas is one of those teams that would really like to get in on Colin Sexton, and that is the reason they sort of they've left this um, roster spot open. They're not in a hurry to do it, you know. So I, I think they're going to give Hardy a contract, and I think they've pretty much agreed on a contract, but I don't think they've done the contract just in case they need the roster spot, and then they'll figure it out afterwards. But I think they their thought is is if they might end up trading one and getting back two, and maybe they end up giving a, a draft pick, uh, you know, maybe another team gets involved to sort of facilitate it and they get rewarded with something. I don't know. But, you know, if Colin Sexton's coming back and it ideally it would be great if it were Bertans. I would hate to lose more than Bertans. If you could only give up Bertans and you could hold on to like Hardaway and you could bring back Sexton. Obviously, I don't know how that would work. There's since Dallas is like a tax-paying team. There, you know, there's rules that they have to follow in their trade. So, getting a trade done is sort of complicated. And, but like I said, I do think they're holding on to a roster spot just in case they need to fill that roster spot when making a trade. Because, you know, if if another team wants to help facilitate that trade, maybe they take on a bad contract. Because if you if you can add Colin Sexton to this team, I, I think you're as good as any other team in the league. I really do. I know there are people that are hot on Colin Sexton and other people that are not. But I will tell you this. Colin Sexton averaged like 22 points a game last year. If you bring a guy like him off the bench, he will score. He can fill that exact role. Like He can do what it is you needed Jalen Brunson to do, but he does it better. He's probably a better scorer. He's maybe not as efficient. But he can score the basketball, and he's he's a he's a good player to have. And I I think if you if somehow you're able to add Sexton without losing too much, let's just say it costs you Bertans and Josh Green. I think that's a win. Um, obviously, you know having Josh Green, it, it's tough to you know Josh Green. Obviously, I'd rather have Sexton over Josh Green, but it's tough to sort of keep losing your draft pick year in and year out because it feels like you're getting nothing out of the draft and it's just costing your team a lot because that's how you you know you sort of build your team um, in a way that you're not overspending is drafting guys like Josh Green, developing them into your system and then 
you know, getting out, you know, since they're late picks, you're not really paying them too much on their second contracts. They're not star players, but they're role players who can contribute, and they don't cost a ton of money. They don't cost your team a ton of money. Because a lot of times when you bring in free agents, sometimes you have to overpay because it's a guy that is coveted by the team that has them and stuff like that. So, you know, continuing to swing and miss on these draft picks is annoying. Now, I do like what they did, obviously, this year with the draft. You know, they didn't have their first-round pick. They traded it for Wood, which I was completely fine with. And I thought they got first-round value in the second round, and all it cost them was a couple second-round picks. Who cares about those? You can get them. You can get another second-round pick next year for cash. You it just second-round picks are easy to acquire, and to be able to get a guy with a first-round talent in the second round, and maybe he can do something for your team. Maybe he can contribute. Um, obviously, I hope he does get a chance to play this year. Um, depending on, you know, circumstances, who's on the team. You know, if if Dallas doesn't pick up anybody else and they have the roster spot open come, you know, October, mid-October when the season starts, I do think Hardy will get more minutes than normal. But if they are able to, say, obtain a guy like Colin Sexton, then obviously Colin Sexton is going to get a lot of those minutes and Hardy's just going to be probably relegated to about a 10- to 15-minute player a game. And you, you use them to help. You know, so you're not loading up minutes on like Luca and stuff like that. So I'm interested to see. You know, Dallas could also go into the season with the team they have. Like I said, leave the open roster spot. Um, let November, let December go by. Um, come January, guys are going to be available. Uh, you don't know who it's going to be. There's always those surprise guys that become available, and if you if you're able to, um, you know, give up a, a future first and maybe a guy, you know, like Bertans or whatever, maybe you can – Mostly, it's mostly the draft pick that people want. So if you're able to – if you're willing to give up that future first, which Dallas should be willing to, you know, maybe there's somebody in January they can pick up that we don't know that's available right now. So maybe that's their thought. I don't know. I, I do really think they're going to try and get in on Colin Sexton. I'm going to wait and see what happens with that situation, where he goes, because um, I do not think he'll be with Cleveland. I think Cleveland will trade him. I don't know where, but I think they will trade him. So that's pretty much the news on the Mavs. Um, not really much else. The only thing that gets talked about is – some people say I hear I see people write that they're interested in the Kyrie Irving, and I see others that say they're not interested. If I'm Dallas, I'm not interested. You don't want any part of him. Um, you know, as Ky- uh, before, I think it was after I did the last pod. Um, Kevin Durant requested a trade, so Kevin Durant might probably will be traded, and they'll probably trade Kyrie Irving with it. Uh, I I think Kyrie Irving's a good player when he plays basketball. The problem with Kyrie Irving is, for one, Kyrie really never plays a full season. It's just getting Kyrie to play a full season is very difficult. He was able to end the season last year because he didn't start it. You know, no team wants to bring in Kyrie and then sit him the first three months of the season and then say, okay, because we want you available in the playoffs – you're not going to play November and December and January. We're going to start you playing in February. Well, you're paying them almost $40 million a year. Nobody wants to do that. So to get 
the value out of Kyrie, you play him all season, but Kyrie can't play a season because he either there's like a fairy dust that got in his eye and he can't play or the moon and the sun aren't aligning properly and Mercury's in the wrong spot. And it's just it's it's always something with Kyrie. It's always something and it's just it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. I would rather I would rather let Hardy play 20 to 40 minutes a game. I said 20, 20 to 30 minutes a game and just be who he is, make his rookie mistakes, whatever. I would rather play him 30 minutes a game over bringing in Kyrie. I would because I know you're going to get a guy in Hardy who's going to want to go out there and try and try hard and prove himself and he's going to want to play every game. Where with Kyrie, you just don't know what you're going to get. You don't. You don't know if you're going to have him in the playoffs. There's a good chance you won't. You know, he, the rumor is it that it, the Lakers are interested in trading Westbrook for him. And it's it, you can say what you want about Westbrook and his offensive uh, – what is – his offensive uh, inability this past year, that how bad he was. But the one thing Westbrook does is he shows up to play. He will put in an 82 game almost every season. Injuries do happen. It's very hard for a guy to play every game, every season. But Westbrook will do it. And Westbrook will try. And you don't have to worry about that with Westbrook. Now, like I said, offensively, he's gotten to be where he's a disaster, and a lot of people don't want to take the, on that anymore. And I could see, you know, Kyrie is a better fit for putting next to LeBron James than Russell Westbrook, but at least Russell Westbrook is out there, goes out there and plays every game. And, uh, you know, if you if Brooklyn made that trade – and got Westbrook back and just let him play the year, and then they're off his salary. You know, it would help him out in the future. Uh, what they're going to do with Kevin Durant, I don't know. Um, in all honesty, you know, they say this Phoenix and Miami are his two top choices. I would rather see him stay in the East. If he goes to Phoenix, it'd probably be for DeAndre Ayton. I, I, that would be annoying to have him in Phoenix. Um, you know, if he goes to Miami, it would be a package that involves like Tyler Hero, and he could, he's fine to be in Miami. I don't care as long as he's in the East. Uh, you know, other teams people have brought up is New Orleans. Yeah, he would fit well in New Orleans if you replaced him and Brandon Ingram. I do think New Orleans has done a really good job putting a team together, and I think they're going to be in the playoff mix. And like I said, I'll do my my playoff stuff or my my. Um, standing stuff later in the summer, you know, when, when sort of this all settles down, there's still a few players out there that I, I there's going to be movement, you know, you don't, we'll have to see what um, Utah does. I, is Utah finished? Is Utah just going to trade Gobert? The, the Gobert to Minnesota was a big deal. I, I think that's, um, that's sort of a, that changes things. That, that's a big addition to Minnesota um, to put next to, Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. I think they're going to be a really good team. The problem, biggest problem Minnesota's always had is Carl Anthony Towns just can't play defense. As good as he is offensively, he just can't play defense. And having a guy like 
Gobert back there, I, I think is going to make them a much better team than they were last year. They're going to be in the playoff mix. Um, Portland has, I thought Portland has done a pretty good job. You know, they're going to bring back Nurkic. Uh, I don't know if that Grant trade has gone through. I think they're still. Um, I don't know if that is, is official yet, which is which is sort of interesting. If it's not, I mean, it could be, but I I want to say I heard it's not exactly official at this point. But adding Grant to Portland, I, I do think makes them better. Um, I do think they're a play-in team, a play-in tournament team. Um, to me, the the obviously the Spurs are the team that's not going to be in that play-in tournament anymore. They traded uh, Murray to Atlanta. I do think that's a good get for um, Atlanta. One of their problems has been obviously Trey can't play defense. They're going they'll get creative, I'm sure, with their backcourt. Um, they'll have two guys that can handle the ball, which is fine. That's what Dallas has wanted forever. Obviously, Brunson left, but I think it'll make Atlanta better. I don't know if John Collins still wants to be there now, that they might be better, or if he wants to leave again. That whole situation is still, I think, talked about. I think Collins might still be available. I honestly don't know who he'd be traded for. I, I don't. I haven't really heard anything about Collins lately since... Because it was the story was going to be basically Collins for Murray, but the fact that they didn't even have to give up Collins for Murray still leaves John Collins on Atlanta. So, you know, Atlanta's going to be a good team. Uh, Toronto, I think Toronto's going to be a good team. They didn't do a lot, but like I said, they did get Otto Porter. Um, they also they signed Thaddeus Young, which is a, a nice veteran to always have on your team. But the the Knicks bringing in Jalen Brunson, I you know I, I believe Vegas had him like a plus ten thousand, whatever that means. That before Brunson signed, that they were going to win the finals, and I don't think the number changed after Brunson signed. So. Obviously, even Las Vegas doesn't think that that's a big enough move to even, like, make their odds even better, you know. So, I I do I did find the Brunson decision a little interesting. Uh, you know, I had said it on my last pod if he left. I, I did think it would be, it was interesting because he, he wants to be, he wants to have a bigger role, but, you know, R.J. Barrett and... Julius Randle are still on that team. You know, they're going to want the ball, too. Uh, You know, the difference between Dallas and New York was Dallas only had Luka. You know, Christian Wood was obviously going to be part of the offense once he came here, but Brunson was still going to be the number two guy. He was still probably going to get the second most shots, and he was going to be on a team that had a chance to be in the conference finals, and I just don't see New York being that team. Now, the Utah Jazz are sort of cleaning house. Um, whether Donovan Mitchell's a part of that, I don't know. Maybe Gobert was it. Maybe that was the only guy they were trading. They did trade Royce O'Neal. But I think what they got back in the, the um, I think what they got back in the Gobert trade makes up for that. 
because um, they did get uh, they did get a couple guys in that trade that I thought were good players, and I think will help their team. Obviously, defensively, they're not going to be the team that they were, but that's defensively at the rim. Uh, you know, one of the things that I think. Utah should do is move on from Mike Conley. If if I were in charge, I'd put a defensive guard there. I, I wouldn't. I think Pat Beverly was part of that trade, so you could play Beverly. You could start Beverly next to Mitchell because Mitchell just Mitchell's not a good defender, and with Conley and Mitchell in the backcourt, you just couldn't defend anybody, and so that was a problem. But I, I do think they got some pretty decent players in return. Obviously, some people some people don't believe in paying a big forty million a year like Gobert was making. I don't think Phoenix wants to pay DeAndre eight and thirty million a year. I don't think they think a big is worth thirty million a year. Now Dallas, I thought did a really good job in stealing Javale McGee away because it, Phoenix could have traded, you know, DeAndre Ayton for something really good and re-signed Javale McGee, and the, McGee could have given them sort of. He could have been a starter and given him the defense, the rebounding, and the lob threat, the pick-and-roll threat, and they could have added somebody with that DeAndre Ayton, you know, but I was happy to see Dallas sort of stole him away because I, I really think that, you know, that leaves Phoenix with just Biombo at this point. And, you know, Biombo's doesn't – he's a good backup, probably better than Powell, but he's not somebody you're going to rely on, but – I am interested to see what Phoenix does with uh, DeAndre Ayton. I do think Dallas is a better team than Phoenix. Uh, if Dallas, if Phoenix trades Ayton and Bridges for Kevin Durant, now that's a different story. I don't. I I'll have to. You know, Kevin Durant is getting older. He's still a, a, probably a top five player in the NBA, but. You know, Brooklyn, they didn't win any playoff games last year, and they supposedly had two top ten guys on their team. So, you know, Dallas went to the Western Conference Finals with, you know, who they had. And, you know, I thought, like I said, I thought Dallas overachieved, you know, I, which is not a bad thing. But I do think they have the opportunity to get back there, like I said. And I do think Dallas is better than... I think Dallas is going to be better than they were last year, and I do think with Phoenix sort of up in the air and Golden State not really being able to bring back everybody sort of hurts, but obviously Golden State's going to be there next year. I think Utah is going to be a good team, but I think they fall more towards a play-in team than they would be, you know, they finished fifth last year um i i do wonder if bogdanovich is going to be available because if you could figure out how to get bogdanovich on this team um i i do think he is a better i do think he's he's obviously a playoff rotational guy and he's a guy that i think could really help this team and that he would make him like that much better uh i don't know like i said i don't know if Gobert was the extent of that rebuild. Now, there's a guy, he's a French guy who a lot of people are excited about for whatever reason. They think he's the best uh, 
what do you call? He's, he's the best player to come out of come into the NBA prospect. I guess is the word since LeBron. That's what they're saying. I don't see it. Um, that, maybe that's just me. Um, to me, it was Luca was the best prospect since LeBron. But the his name's. Um, but you know he's like seven three, and he looks like he weighs about one hundred and sixty pounds. And that's great. Maybe he can handle the ball. I I just don't think he's going to be the guy that people think he's going to be. And he, to me, he he's just another Chet Holmgren. That's all he is to me. And I, I wasn't excited about Chet Holmgren. So I I don't think he's... I, I think that uh, ben, Benchero is probably going to be a better player. But like I said, a lot of people believe that San Antonio's tanking to try and get this guy number one. Maybe that's something Utah wants to do. I don't know. But is Utah going to trade Mitchell? Um, if Mitchell is available, I, I wouldn't doubt it if New York got on, like, got in on it. But if New York's going to get Mitchell, they're going to have to give up R.J. Barrett. You're not going to get Mitchell for nothing. You're going to have to give up something. And, you know, offensively, Mitchell... And Brunson in the backcourt would be pretty good. Defensively, it would be sort of a nightmare. It'd be like the whole Conley Mitchell thing, you know. And I, I just don't think. I don't know. I, I do think Utah will hold on to Donovan Mitchell. I, I think Gobert is the extent of their moves. They got. They got Minnesota's draft pick, who was a big guy out of Auburn. Um, can he come in and start at center? Maybe. He's not a, a younger player. He's an older player. So maybe it is a guy you can have come in and contribute. Um, he, he's a pretty decent defender. I'm, he's probably he's not obviously going to be as good as Gobert because Gobert is winning Defensive Player of the Year, but he's probably a decent center that you can put back there and you're not paying him $40 million. Um, Utah's not a free agent destination so they're they're basically hoping Mitchell's going to carry them through the season along with you know Bogdanovich and I you know I just I, I think I think Utah falls back into even with, with the team they got I do think they fall back into the play in tournament and I, I I would be willing to bet New Orleans a team like New Orleans is the team that sneaks up into the top six. That's sort of a little preview of what I think, uh, you know, when I do my standings, I think New Orleans is the team that's going to sneak into that top six. But I don't know yet. I'll, I want to see what happens the rest of this. You know, some big major things could happen this offseason. Still, there's still a chance for a lot of things to happen, so... Um, a team like Milwaukee, I thought, did pretty good. They got Joe Ingles. Um, now, Joe Ingles can't play right away. He's going to be a guy who probably won't come in until January or February, but I still think he can contribute when April and May come around. They held on to Bobby Portis and Wes Matthews, so they're pretty much bringing their team back, except they hope to have Middleton in the playoffs next year along with you know a guy like Joe Ingles. Um, Zach Levine re-signed. With the Bulls, and they got Dragic and Drummond and Resun, Derek Jones Jr. Uh, the the Nuggets got Bruce Brown. 
who I, I believe was in Brooklyn last year. I think that's a, a pretty good under-the-radar signing. They, they traded Will Barton for Catavius Caldwell-Pope, which I think they wanted his defense, and he's actually a good shooter too. I, I do like that trade. Will Barton, to me, is a bit overpaid, um, overrated kind of guy. He He's good at, at times, but he's always hurt, and I, he's not a defender. Where with Pope, Catavius Caldwell-Pope, you can get defense from him, and he plays every game. And he can shoot the ball. He can score. I thought it was a really good trade for Denver. Um, obviously, they brought in DeAndre Jordan, which was funny. But, uh, you know, the T-Wolves, not only did they trade for Gobert, but they did bring in Kyle Anderson, you know, from Memphis. And the Forbes, uh, I believe he was in San Antonio last year. But there weren't really too many like people that left uh, a lot of guys re-signed you know simons re-signed with the blazers and batum re-signed with the clippers uh they did bring in john wall which i thought was a good get i do think the clippers are another team that'll be there in the top six next year if they can stay healthy um they're going to be a really good team they're going to be a team that dallas is going to have to contend with and most most guys when you see you know when you look at who's sort of signed where most guys just re-signed um the Celtics got Gallinari and they traded for Brogdon I thought that was a good get for Boston to bring in Brogdon um I think he's gonna help them Brogdon's another guy who just misses a lot of time though he's always hurt as well that's you know they signed Gallinari and Luke Cornett who whatever but boston's gonna be a good team next year the magic did retain mo bamba and gary harris gary harris was a guy that i would have liked dallas to sort of try and get (coughs) miami did re-sign oladipo and i think deadman was on their team last year so they re-signed him the 76ers did get P.J. Tucker and Daniel House. Now, P.J. Tucker is getting up there in age. So he's not anybody that, I I don't know. I Philly is still, I feel like Philly's still doing something. I don't know. Philly might be in on trying to get Bradley Bill. I don't know. Bradley Bill re-signed with Washington. He got a big deal, but... I just feel like at some point he's going to be traded. I I do think Philly would like to move on from Tobias Harris. I just don't know if there's going to be any takers at this point unless they're willing to give up something else. So that's going to be interesting to sort of see if Tobias Harris gets moved. He's a good player, but not at the money he makes. I, I To me, he's a lot like Tim Hardaway Jr., but he, I want to say he like makes like twice what Tim Hardaway Jr. costs. So I just think he's un, has a, a really bad contract. And so if you're going to take his contract back, you, Philly's probably going to have to give something up. So that's going to be something to sort of keep an eye on too. Now, as far as other news, um, 
Luka has been playing in these qualifying games. They beat Croatia. I was able to watch that game. Um, Croatia has a lot more NBA players than I thought they did, but they handled them pretty uh, easily. They played Sweden. They didn't beat Sweden by as much as they did Croatia. The game was much closer, but they did win. It was in Sweden, Um, so the Croatia game was in Slovenia, so you know, they had home court advantage, and then Sweden had home court advantage. I do think Luke is going to play around. They, I saw, thought I saw he's going to play around six more games. And then the Euro Cup, or whatever it's called, is in September. So he's probably going to play in that. Um, hopefully he'll be ready for the season. Hopefully he's not too tired. Um, he's not playing, I, I guess in all fairness, he's not really playing in a lot of games. I don't think he plays in any games in July. I think there's no more games to play if I sort of read that right. And then they don't play until August. And then he's going to play six games. And international games are a lot shorter than NBA games. Uh, you play fewer minutes. So that's one thing to sort of keep in mind when he is playing those games. A lot of these a lot of these guys, they play in these other leagues. Like they... like. Drew League or whatever, you know, they play in the summer. So other guys are playing in the summer too. They're just not playing like, you know, say Lucas playing for his country. And the like I said, the these international games are shorter than normal games. You play fewer minutes. So um, I think it's, it's four 10-minute quarters as opposed to, you know, what the NBA has. So Lucas playing in that. Um, and then... There is Summer League coming up. Uh, the 8th, I believe, is the Mavericks' first game, and it'll be at 3 o'clock my time. And since I work from home, um, I believe that's on Thursday is the 8th. I'd have to look at my, my calendar. But uh, Friday is the 8th, and it starts at 3. So I'll be able to watch that while I'm working. And um, I think they're going to show it on like NBA TV, so... Uh, the only really guys I sort of know are obviously the guy they drafted in Hardy. I'd like to see him. I want to see him play. And the the Michigan State guy, they they gave his Exhibit 10 or whatever, the Bingham or something. I think he will be the one of the two-way guys. I want to see what he has because he might be a guy you sign in a year or two once you know, because I think McGee only signed, McGee signed a three-year deal, so, you know, he might be a guy you bring in, and, you know, because I think Powell's going to be a free agent, I think Powell's in his last year, so, you know, if you want to save money, you know, you, you let this Bingham guy play in the DG League all season, and then next off season, if you have to let Powell go, because, you know, you don't want to pay Powell ten million a year. You can pay Bingham, you know, two, and probably get the same production. You know, because he's replacing Powell. He's not replacing, you know, Embiid. So replacing Powell is a lot easier than replacing, you know, other guys. And you know, so maybe that's a guy who you can save money on, who you'll still benefit from his abilities. He's probably a better shooter than Powell. Funny enough. He's probably a better defender than Powell. He could probably learn to pick and roll with Luca, so you know you can save nine million dollars there and use that money elsewhere. So, um, other than that, you know, I'm just looking forward to see how they, you know, some of these guys play in the summer league. I guess they've already started the California one. 
um, which has Sacramento, um, the Lakers, and the Miami Heat are somehow in the California one and one other team that I just can't remember. But I watched... Oh, Golden State. It was Golden State. And I watched just a little bit of both, all four teams, and it was a lot of really bad basketball. But I will say the guy that Sacramento drafted, Keegan Murray, I think his name, not a bad player. Um, you know, Sacramento brought in Kevin Herter, and, you know, they, they drafted that guy Murray, and then they also signed um, Malik Monk, who was probably the Lakers' second best player last year, which people joke about, but. I do think Sacramento is actually doing a decent job in building a team. Um, I want to say decent because you don't get too excited about Sacramento. They tend to fail when it comes to stuff like this. But I do think when you play Sacramento next year, it's not going to be one of those things where you just go in and you win. I do think you're going to have to show up and play Sacramento or they'll beat you. Uh, they'll have a good enough team to be able to beat you if you just sort of lazily show up. Uh, obviously, to me, the worst teams are going to be Houston and San Antonio and probably Oklahoma City. Um, and then, you know, you kind of go from there. I, I think those will be the three worst. So I do think Sacramento will be better. And maybe they have a chance to compete for the 10th spot. They play their cards right. But like I said, I'll I, once once we get further into the summer, probably around September, I'll I'll do my my standings because I, I want to see if any more like who else moves, you know, cuz if Durant Durant moving to another team really affects the standings, you know. Colin Sexton to me can affect the standings depending on where if Colin Sexton goes to Dallas I'm sorry I just not to be a homer about it but I think Dallas can get a top three spot I just think they'll be that good so I want to see what happens to you know some of these guys that are still iffy you know Kyrie it's that's an iffy as well I'm just curious to see what happens. I would love to see it what happen within the next week, but I do have a feeling some of this will drag out for another two or three weeks before anything happens. And uh, so I, it'll probably I probably won't do another pod till the this next weekend coming up. I'll probably do it on like Saturday or Sunday just to uh, you know have something. Maybe something will happen with at least one player. Kind of give us something to talk about. I could talk about the summer league game. On Friday, um, sort of a post-game pod about that, even though there's not really a ton to talk about, but we'll still do it. And uh, hopefully, like I said, hopefully we get some at least some excitement this week, at least one player. I want to see at least Kyrie, Durant, or Sexton. I want to see one of those guys move somewhere this week. So add some excitement. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and finish it there. Um if you could rate and review the podcast, wherever it is you get your podcast, I'd really appreciate it. You get like five stars. It helps like algorithms and junk like that. So, But uh, until next time, we'll see you later.